Welcome everyone to a brand new episode of the Comic Multiverse, where the worlds of nerd meet. As always, I am your host, Joel, and joining me back from the dead, back again for more fun and shenanigans, it's Matt, everybody. Hey, I'm back from my exile. <laughs> back from the exile. <laughs> yeah, we, we sent Matt to the wall. You didn't know that Matt had two options after stealing the last piece of cake from the fridge. You could either have a trial by combat or take the black and go to the wall. <laughs> <laughs> But he's back now. Now he now he's the Matt in the North, and it's fine now. Yeah. I was gonna say that's a that's a thing. I suppose we shouldn't talk about the Game of Thrones season finale because it's a little too soon as we record this. Even though it's only Tuesday, we're actually recording this a little later. But man, what a what a freaking finale! Am I right? Yeah, it's pretty explosive. Mmm. Mm. Well said, sir. Well said. <laughs> it, it's so great. You just you, you would just make you fall out a window. <laughs> uh, Man, w- windows get a lot of play in Game of Thrones, don't they? They do. There's a lot of deaths through them, on them. You know, it's them. funny. I, I didn't think of the certain window scene to which we were referring, but it's actually kind of a nice callback to episode one, isn't it? Yep. Yep. It kind of brings and it. And it, it, it's also the callback because it was like they're both sons. Yeah. Yeah. Brings it all together. Actually, there was something I was browsing Twitter and I saw this one and I never quite considered it, but there's the moment. In the second to last episode where John, during the big fight, he's crawling his way out of the bodies and he's kind of like reaching up to the sky. That's very similar to a scene with Daenerys when all the Dothraki gather around her and kind of raise her up to the sky. And I'm like, oh, this is why it's called the Song of Ice and Fire. One is ice, one is fire. I get it now. It's like poetry. It's literally like poetry, so they rhyme. Not bullshit poetry, like actual poetry, like someone (laughs) actually sat down and thought about this. (laughs) But yeah, so if you didn't hear before, Matt was in exile. What were you doing out in exile, Matt? I went on like a holiday slash work sort of thing. I went down to see some friends in South Australia. I stayed with them for about a week and a bit and did some work with them and just sort of chilled and hung out. And you got stuck at the airport, too, which is why people... Well, I mean, people won't notice. YouTube people won't notice this. They'll be getting this the same day, Wednesday morning, as I always do. But for patrons and Podbean people who usually get it a couple days beforehand, uh, for you guys, you'll be getting it late. You'll be getting it the same time as everyone else. I'm going to stay up all night and render this show once we're done. Yeah, and that was all because one of my flight was delayed because of heavy winds. Freaking airport, man. Freaking, freaking airport screwing you around. Uh, again, I mentioned Podbean and I mentioned Patreon. Uh, thank you, everyone who uh, gave to those and who listens to the show over there. The show's doing great over on Podbean. I don't know if you've checked the numbers, Matt, but we have like 64 followers there. Nice. We have more followers on there than some other shows I know that have Podbean uh, accounts. Or at least I don't think any one of those people actually has Podbean accounts. I think they just have their RSS feed set up through yep. it so it's constantly uploading. Mm-hmm. We should do that for this show as it hits me. <laughs> I think we should. We should get an R. Do you know anything about RSS feeds? I don't. Vaguely. Let's let's look kinda. into this. Let's let's get RSS feeds for dummies and try and figure this out. Because <laughs> I know some of the other shows I've been part of, I look and I'm like, oh wow, it's over here too. Then I'm like, no wait, no it's not. It just automatically gets put up here because this filters through all the RSS feeds. Yeah. But yeah, that show's doing good. Uh, patrons will be billed soon enough. Obviously, I'm trying to keep them flush with content. I'd been doing Game of Thrones blogs. See, we were bullshitting. I was coming back to that. 
<laughs> I, I had been doing Game of Thrones vlogs on there. Now that the show's done, I'll have to try and figure something else out to keep the patrons happy. Might talk about Voltron, might talk about Orange is the New Black. There's another show that I finished up. You, you, you into that, Matt? You've been watching that? I haven't, no. I, I'm behind by like two seasons. This was a dark fucking season. Like, season three I was not crazy about because it just kind of meandered. Season four is better, and part of the reason it's better is just because it gave no fucks this season. Cool. Yeah, it gave zero. It's it, The same lady who does this show is the same lady who does Weeds, and the show is on yeah. a very similar trajectory of, ooh, yeah. it started as a funny, you know, kind of dark comedy. Now it's getting darker and with less comedy. <laughs> <laughs> Like, it's funny, but you can't laugh nearly as much because the shit's gotten too real. Yeah. Uh, what uh, What else was going on this week? Anything in particular? Watch anything good? See anything good? Um, I saw, uh, I managed to, while I was down seeing my friends, I managed to see Independence Day. Oh, yeah, 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 the sequel. How was that? I really liked it. I thought it was really cool. And it's, it's obviously just, you know, schlock disaster film. The definition of it. But it was really cool, and it sets up a sequel, so yeah. Really? Will Smith's yeah. Revenge? Does Will Smith punch his way out of the grave? <laughs> I'd be all for that. I, I would too. I would too. <laughs> he needs to go Big Willie style on the earth, he'll show you. <laughs> How hilarious is it that the summer movie season is upon us, and we have Independence Day 2 minus Will Smith, because Will Smith is busy being in Suicide Squad. It's, it's really weird. That he's just like, nah, man, I need to put on a costume. I need a franchise. I can't be going back to shit I did 30 years ago. Well, that probably would have gotten him a franchise. Yeah, uh, uh. ain't that some shit. So, uh, yeah, I mean, I've done all the housekeeping. We've talked about our weeks. I didn't do much, honestly. I've yeah. just been working away on everything, this, that, and the other. Uh, it's funny, man, if it makes you feel better, because I know whenever we have a guest on, you always like to look at the numbers there. It's like, ooh, is it better or worse without me? Uh, <laughs> when Jason covered for you that one time, it was probably one of our least watched episodes, and I know that made you feel good. Mm-hmm. To know that, that the fans care about you that much. The funny thing is, is the last episode, while I think it was really fun and a lot of fans liked the guests I got and everything, it probably had more thumbs down than any episode of the Comic Multiverse has ever gotten before. Really? Yeah, really. I know, I was surprised too. Like, to put that into perspective, us totally trashing X-Men Apocalypse and us trashing uh, Batman v Superman got less thumbs down than last Oh my episode. god. I know, right? What did you do? <laughs> Same shit we always do. We talked about how stupid the Joker's hair was. We called it a fuckboy fade. You missed that. <laughs> Also, also, it is a fuckboy fade. It is a fuckboy fade. You know, maybe maybe that incensed the fuckboy community out there. <laughs> but, oh, man, you missed something genius. I really wish you had been here for this because you would appreciate the hell out of it. We were once again talking about Brian Michael Bendis, how, how Bendis don't care. Bendis do what he wants. He's the honey badger of comic writers. Mm -hmm. Our guest quite brilliantly, and I can't believe you and I never came up with them, she said, yeah, Honey Bendis, do what he want. I'm like, oh my god, Honey Bendis. Why have we never thought of Honey oh my Bendis god. before? <laughs> it, it was right there. It was low-hanging fruit, and we didn't take it. God damn it. Honey Bendis. So from now on, whenever we talk about Brian Michael Bendis disregarding other people's continuity or just doing whatever he wants, it's because Honey Bendis don't care. <laughs> oh, long live Honey Bendis. Honey Bendis for life. <laughs> <laughs> And with that, everyone, the prerequisite bullshitting has been out of the way, and I guess we can get to the actual news this week. And it was kind of an interesting week. It was kind of all over the place. 
It was. Uh, the first big piece of news that broke earlier in the week and was instantly shot down, which I find hilarious. As quickly as this news got picked up by everybody, it was just as quickly shot down. <laughs> yeah. Uh, Nicholas Winding Refn, who everyone, uh, everyone will know as the director of Drive and a bunch of really interesting movies. He's been doing the tour for the last little bit, talking about his new movie. Uh, what's it? What's his new movie again? Ne- Neon Demons? The, yeah, The Neon Demon. Which is getting great reviews, apparently. I'm hearing great things about that. It looks really cool. I'm hearing great things about it, and then I'm also hearing people say, for the love of God, don't read any reviews, don't read anything about it, because it has a genuinely amazing twist. Awesome. Yeah, so you heard that here first, everyone, from Matt and Joel. Don't don't read anything about this movie, because apparently it'll blow your mind if you don't. Uh, yeah, he, he was doing the tour for that, and they asked him, you know, what do you still want to do? And he said that uh, if given the chance, he would want to do a superhero movie, but specifically he said he'd want to do a Batgirl movie, which is an interesting pick. It is. Now, he didn't say which Batgirl he would want to do, because obviously there's multiple, but that's an interesting choice. I, I know I talked about this elsewhere, and it bears repeating. How cool would it be if Refn did, like, a Cassandra Kane Batgirl movie? That would be pretty cool. Because think about it. She doesn't really speak. The dude from Drive doesn't really speak. You know, she does the whole language of violence thing. He does the whole language of violence thing. Yep, you could cast Ryan Gosling as her. As Batgirl, you know? (laughs) Dude's a versatile fucking actor. I believe that he could play that part. He's like, look, look, I I dyed my hair black. You know, I've made myself look vaguely more Asian. I can be Cassandra (laughs) Cain. Actually, make it a whole piece where uh, where Gosling plays all the Batgirls. He's like, look, I dyed my hair red. I'm Barbara Gordon now. <laughs> now I've dyed my hair blonde. Now I'm, uh, what is it, Stephanie Brown. Look, I'm all the Batgirls. <laughs> I'm a versatile fucking performer. But yeah, like I said, interesting idea. We all knew it wasn't going to happen. And in fact, I think everyone took a bit of perverse glee around social media and all the news sites talking about why this could never happen. Even Cameron Stewart, the guy who was writing Batgirl previously before this new DC Rebirth run, he came out and said, this will never happen in a million years. No, it won't. Unless it's like profitable or something. Yeah. No. I mean, shit, the uh, the DC Cinematic Universe as it is right now can barely get Batman and Superman right. They are a long, long way away from making movies about supporting characters and sidekicks, even though I would argue those could probably be done really well, especially if they did them for a reasonable budget. If they're like, hey, here's $40,000 Deadpool money, go make a really cool street-level Batgirl movie. Yeah, it could be done really well, but I don't see them doing it. No, no, because it's 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 got to be a huge hit. Everything's got to cost a lot of money to make a lot of money, don't you know? Yep. Oh, that's how it works, you know. This is how it works. You got to do a lot of money to do. And you know, I, obviously, I don't even think Nicholas Winding Refn's vision of what a Batgirl movie should be would be able to mesh with this current Snyder verse that they're doing. Well, I think like if he did it the way he does his movies, like Only God Forgives, mm. Drive, and Neon Demon. I think I think he kind of like shocks Snyder and Snyder will go. That's even hardcore for me. Yeah, this is what actual hardcoreness <laughs> is all about. This is what actual fucked upness is. Yeah, for real. Uh, I just like his name too, Nicholas Winding Refn. It's like <laughs> the dude. Name. It's like the dude who plays uh, Jamie Lannister on Game of Thrones. What's his name? Like Caster Waldo, something or other. Yeah, Ni- Nikolai Castor Waldo. Man, three names. I-, I hope I get to the point where I'm so big and famous, I can have three names. 
That's the fame we all want. Three name fame. Ooh, that rhymes. Three name fame. No one take that name. That's the name of my new uh my my, my new boy band. Three name fame. They're all gonna have the same names. Speaking of, speaking of pop stars and fame, I actually saw that Andy Samberg movie Pop Star the other night. Oh yeah, what's that like? It's pretty funny. Yeah, it's pretty funny. Would have been funnier if it came out three years ago because it's clear they wrote the script three years ago and the movie was only now getting made. Oh really? There's a whole big song number uh, called "Fuck Me Like the American uh, Military Fucked Osama Bin Laden," and it's like, ooh, you wrote this one that was new, didn't you? Yeah. <laughs> I mean, it's still very funny, and now it has the added benefit of being like, what, really? <laughs> On top of it. <laughs> it's it's even weirder because uh, on the season finale of SNL for this year, because it lined up with the release of the new movie, Andy Samberg came back and sang that song as part of like a digital short sketch, and it's like, what? This is what? What are they trying to say? What's the joke here? Then I watched the movie, and I'm like, oh, that's a song his character sings. Okay, that was no, weird. Okay. Yeah, but yeah, it's it, it's a funny movie. It's all those Lonely Island guys in there and a bunch of SNL people. Uh, Bill Hader is probably my favorite. He plays a guitar tech. Oh, follows. he's always good. <laughs> he is great. He's probably one of the most underrated comedic performers working today. He plays a guitar tech following around the band, but they're a pop act, so they never use guitars for anything. So he's just <laughs> carrying around a bunch of guitars for no reason. <laughs> yeah, that's from there you can basically tell that's, that's what the kind of movie it is. It's also like shot in like a documentary style. Like they're, like they're riffing on that Justin Bieber documentary is what they're riffing Oh, on. yeah. Because I saw someone like who saw it say it's filmed sort of similar to how they did um, Spinal Tap. Oh, it's just where like he's that. like where everyone is like acting as like they're an actual band pop thing and mm-hmm. yeah, yeah. They have actual pop stars in the movie like Usher and Mariah Carey and Quest Love and everything. R- Ringo Starr even shows up for a minute, <laughs> and I'm like, Ringo Starr, you are a lad. You will just show up for everything, won't you? Good Wait, on. He's the paycheck. He needs the paycheck. He needs to buy some wine is what he needs to do. <laughs> look, I, I look. I won't answer fan mail anymore, but I need this pop star money for some wine. <laughs> Could use it. Uh, so from the world of live action movies to the world of uh, animation, we uh, got some more artwork this week for that Justice League action series that will be coming up. Yeah, yeah. It looks kind of interesting. I still don't like that animation style it looks pretty ugly yeah it's it's so weird batman looks to be about 12 green arrow looks basically like a fisher price toy they all look like fisher price toys honestly well maybe we'll see a fisher price line oh jesus probably (laughs) what's distressing about that show is that i want to like it because it has all my favorite voice actors in it and yet at the same time it looks like uh it, it, it looks like poo garbage basically yeah yeah it looks like the poo garbage, and it's going to be 11 minutes because that's the way the winds are blowing in cartoons these days. Apparently, no one has an attention span for anything now, and with 11 minutes, you can cram more back-to-back, and you can get more commercials in. Yep. Yeah, pretty much. What's The interesting thing about this is that the roster that they showed, Space Cabbie looks to be a character in this, too, a weird-ass character from DC lore. It's like they just threw a dart at a board. It's like, who's going to be in it? Um, Space Cabbie. <laughs> why not so I mean that's that's Justice League action as we get more news on that Matt and I will be sure to talk about that uh, another piece of animation news this week uh, hey Matt you hear about that Young Justice yeah uh, kinda 
seems like every couple months we hear a little something about Young Justice Season 3, don't we? Yeah, yeah. It's either being on Netflix or Amazon or something. A good chunk of it is wishful uh, wishful thinking, which is why I don't talk about every little rumor, because if we did, it would, there'd be one every week and they'd all be disappointing, wouldn't they? Yeah, yeah. But apparently Greg Wiseman has been making the YouTube show rounds, as he is wont to do. Mm-hmm. And on one of these shows, uh, they asked him the burning question, that is, what what's the status of Young Justice Season 3? And he actually gave... Uh, something of a positive answer for the first time ever, and that is he said uh, DC and Netflix are indeed talking to each other at the moment. Of that, he can confirm. The big problem is, and the big stumbling block for Young Justice Season 3 is obviously the show was funded by a toy company for a line of toys that ended up bombing Mm -hmm. in rather crappy fashion, which is ridiculous because it's funny. Now that the show is canceled and it's this big cult hit, like if you go on eBay and stuff, those toys are selling for a ridiculous amount of money. I can imagine. Dude, an Artemis, like a hundred bucks on eBay. What? Yeah, because she's an original character for the show. And like like the Batman, uh, Robin, like like twofer, twofer pack, that one's like 80-something. Wow. I know, right? Isn't that isn't that ridiculous? Doesn't that make you mad on some level where it's like it's your own it damn does. fault that you didn't market this show and now what little merchandise is left over is a collector's item? Fuck off. Yeah. So yeah, the the thing is is that you know, he's what he's saying is that you know, if DC and Netflix and the powers that be can see that this show will have like a revenue stream beyond just selling toys to kids, then maybe that'll make them want to do something with it. Yeah, ho- hopefully. I hope they get they get to do something with it. Like I said it before in a comic two sense, and I'll say it again here now. I worry about Young Justice season three coming back now so much time later because it's like it won't be the same show you liked, guys. All the people who worked on it, all the people who made it special, they're elsewhere now. Yeah, it'll it'll be like all new. It might even look different. Yeah, it might even look different. It's like they can't re-recruit all those same people. I mean, you could get creative with it and be like, okay, Young Justice Season 3, we're jumping ahead 10 years in time, and here's a whole new team made up of a bunch of different heroes and maybe some people who we were able to get. Yeah, you could do that, but I I don't know what they do with it. I don't know what they would do with it either. Now, apparently, because Greg Wiseman is Greg Wiseman, he had written out like a decade's worth of storylines for that show. <laughs> of course he did. Because that's what he does. Like, oh, yeah, he apparently he has a whole timeline going all the way up to, like, Legion of Superheroes. Oh, my God. I know, right? I'm like, wow. <laughs> you you put a lot of time and effort. And the saddest part is, is he probably puts that much time and effort into all of his shows, and they all end up getting canceled after two seasons. Yeah, same with his like comics as well. I know. Oh, is is Star uh, Starface and Nightmask not doing good? I, I I don't know. I'm I'm mainly talking about Kane and, and the Last Padawan. That oh ended. yeah. Well, I think that was supposed to be a mini. I, I don't know because it, it seemed like it was written as to be so, so, like a companion to Star Wars Rebels. Like yeah, you can yeah. go check out the adventures of Kanan in this, especially in the last uh, season when there was so much crossover between the two. Yeah, when it's yeah. like, hey, here's here's a pilot you met, like a Mandalorian pilot that you meet in the show. How did he meet Kanan originally? Go read the comic, and they tell you that story. Yeah, exactly that. Yeah. And that shit was cool. Uh, yeah, so, I mean, that's 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 your Young Justice news update. Of course, we'll keep you posted on that as things uh, as things develop. 
Uh, now, here's a story I was not thinking you and I would talk about, Matt, but uh, Mark Millar and Ramita are supposedly launching a brand new Kick-Ass series. Yeah, and this time it's a girl Kick-Ass. It's an African-American Kick-Ass. It's literally going to be called Kick-Ass the New Girl. Mm-hmm. Which makes me wonder what, what Millar is doing with this, because it seems like he left Kick-Ass in a pretty good place and for him to come back and be doing this now, where it's like, what... what, 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 what I'm tripping all over my tongue here. What, what, what was the spur of the moment thing to make you do this? Is it just... Because he's a guy who, for the most part, doesn't go back to the same well. No, no. Maybe there's a new movie in the works. I mean, that would be the thing, wouldn't it? I, I know I've said it once, and I'll say it again. I actually like Millar's... Mo the movies Millar's work is based on more than I like his comics. Yeah, they're pretty good, especially like Kingsman. Kingsman yeah. was amazing. All of his work with Vaughn is good. I think those two kind of complete each other and balance each other out in a meaningful way. Yeah, I just hope that like both of them are still working on... Um, Apparently, they're making like a superior movie, and... Uh, what was that other movie? A oh, Nemesis movie. A sequel to Kingsman 2 is also in the work. Yeah, that's being shot at the moment, yeah. Which should be awesome. M Millar doesn't strike me as the sort of person to kind of like ride bandwagons, and I'm sure if he's making uh, Kick-Ass, who's like a young African-American girl, it's because he has something in particular he wants to say in Soapbox about this. And that yep. actually kind of scares the shit out of me, <laughs> given as <laughs> given as he's gotten older, he's gotten a little bit more radical and a little bit more Frank Millery as time goes on. Especially, yeah, especially yeah. like I don't know if you follow him on Twitter, but man, was he was he shooting off about that whole uh, Brexit thing? Really, I do follow him on Twitter, but I haven't seen a lot of his tweets lately. Oh man. Was he was was he getting colorful about that? <laughs> Apparently, he was very much for it, <laughs> and he was not shy about letting you know how for it he was. It, it's funny when I look at Mark Millar, Frank Miller, and Garth Ennis, you really do start to see like the sliding scales of creators. What's like you know they started here in their career, and this is what they believed, and this is what they infused their work with, and this is them now, and how you know they've grown up and matured and changed, and this is what they think now type thing. Yeah, that's that's how I feel about that. Uh, yeah. So yeah, Kick Ass could be good, could be bad. Apparently, there's also going to be like a new Hit Girl series too. To oh God! This. Yeah, I know, right? He's going back to that well pretty hard. It's even funnier because if you remember when they asked like Chloe Grace Moretz, where it's like, well, are we going to see a Kick Ass three? And she's like, nah, too much piracy of the other ones. <laughs> Which was her answer. And I'm like, okay, that was that was frank and to the point. Uh, Chloe Grace Moretz, all right. <laughs> <laughs> Whatever you say. Uh, now, I think I talked about this last week, but you didn't get a chance to weigh in on this. Uh, Brian Cranston is going to be doing Zordon for the next uh, for the Power Rangers movie. That's so fucking weird. But at the same time, not because he used to work on Power Rangers. Absolutely. In fact, someone tweeted this to me, and they're absolutely right. This officially makes Brian Cranston the only actor from the original series to be brought into this movie. Yeah. Oh wow. How fucking weird is well, that? That we know of so far. Yeah, I mean, I, they, they'd be silly to not get, like, a Jason David Frank cameo in there at some point. Well, he's probably campaigning about it on Facebook since oh, that's sure. all he does. Oh, I'm sure. Man, you know what they need to do? Jason David Frank needs to own the juice bar in uh, <laughs> in this new one. In fact, they need to make him wear a fat suit and he needs to be Ernie. Like, look, you can be in the movie, but you gotta do this. 
<laughs> oh yeah, well, does does Annie know kung fu in this movie? Because I can do kung fu. <laughs> we love Jason David Frank, but he's also easy to make fun of at the same time. He is. <laughs> he's also one of those guys who got really into Jesus when his uh, when his career started fading. Yeah. Apparently, Matt. Apparently, all I need to do to find God is, you know, really let my life go to hell or possibly go to jail. People who go to jail, they find Jesus all the time. Who knew he was there all along? He's just hanging out there, smoking, just hanging out in the prison, in the, in the corner, <laughs> shooting hoops. Jesus shoots mean hoops, man. Never challenge <laughs> Jesus to a game of horse. He'll take you down every time. <laughs> I always love that joke where it's like, man, I've been looking for Jesus my all, whole life. Who knew he was in jail? <laughs> or the other one where it's like, man, I've been looking for God my whole life. Who knew he was in my pocket? Because in the American money, it says, in God we trust on the money. <laughs> Which, man, what does that tell you? But yeah, Z- Zordon, Brian Crash. I really hope, I wonder if Zordon is just going to be like a CGI type thing like I mean that's pretty much how the wind blows in blockbusters I would really love it if they just scanned Brian Cranston's head and Zordon was just a big Brian Cranston head in a jar <laughs> that'd be great and he's good and he, he like looks like Walter White yes please damn it Rangers I am the one who knocks <laughs> <laughs> Jason Tommy it's time to cook but it's just it's just so weird because like there goes his chance to like sort of come or not really, but I guess it does as well. But uh, like, he's not going to be in like a, a Marvel movie or a DC movie. Like he was perfect for fucking Lex Luthor, but had to cool. go hire fucking big love and light. Cause we had to be different. God damn it. <laughs> that's it. That's so get me started. I know. I, I was going to say that's too funny. You should mention that Matt, because this week, uh, the Batman V Superman ultimate digital cut was released. Oh, you don't have to remind me <laughs> released via iTunes and everything else. Now, now tell the good people what you mean when you say that to hype that shit up. Oh, Oh, well it includes a, just to sort of like set the scene. It includes a scene of Perry White, owner of the daily planet, Bullying Clark Kent for being a nerd and wearing glasses. Damn it, you nerd. Fucking nerd. I hate you nerd. <laughs> he calls him a nerd. I'm like, holy shit. This is the same guy who, in a comic that week, was calling Clark the son he never had. Oh, and- yes. Oh, God. <laughs> yep. Man, I th- it's, it's so amazing. Like, you almost got to go through Zack Snyder's movies like an archaeologist, like a criminal profiler trying to figure out something. I think through Perry, he's saying something. I, I think so. Nerds, these fucking nerds ruining my superheroes and my comic book movies. These fucking nerds. <laughs> Zack Snyder said while lifting weights. No. Also, that was another thing that was made official. That uh, J.K. Simmons uh, picture of him lifting weights. Yes, that is indeed for him as Jim Gordon. Really? I, I saw something that said it wasn't. Uh, par- uh, par- well, maybe we're hearing two conflicting sources, but today I heard that's official, that that's actually what that's for. I heard that it was because um, the last couple of years he's been playing roles where he had to get like really fat and then really small, really fat, and he's mm. just said, "Fuck it, I'm gonna like get in the best shape I've ever been in for the rest of my life." <laughs> well, I guess we'll figure that out when uh, when the Batman movie or Justice League or whatever he's in next comes. If Gordon <laughs> Jack, he's just he's just wearing that trench coat and like and, and nothing like, else. Shorts. 
<laughs> He's like, look, damn it, I worked out, so you're going to see this. <laughs> Him and Batman do that CrossFit like they do in oh Batman. Oh, my Batman God. Batman. Yes, please. Bruce is like, Commissioner Gordon, you're really big and muscly. Would you like to join me in the CrossFit room? <laughs> <laughs> And then it's just the two, instead of going to, like, the top of, like, the GCPD to talk in front of the bat signal, they're talking in the gym. That's how they meet. They go to the gym to meet. <laughs> and then they just take turns hitting the tire over and over again. <laughs> I, was ama- I was amazed to find out that that's, re- that, that that's a real thing, hitting the tire. That's, like, a real thing they do. I knew it was real, but, like, come on. Like, this is Batman. Come on. It's hard to hit the tire in a movie and make it look cool. Yeah. Because you're just kind of hitting a tire. Like, I'm, <laughs> I'm sure it's great exercise. I'm sure it's, you know, it's everything they say it is. But at the same time, it's like, man, that doesn't look nearly as cool as you think it does. Yeah, you're just hitting a tire with a mallet. <laughs> Actually, you know, that's a perfect segue, too, because we were talking about this. Another piece of news that came out this week is we saw some uh, concept artwork for the Justice League that looks pretty damn legit. Not a fan. No, no, but it, I mean, it's perfectly in line with everything else. That's for sure. Yeah. I mean, honestly, yeah. there's not much to write home about because besides Flash and Cyborg, we had seen all the other costumes. Yeah, that's true. It's it's weird that they waited so long to show us Flash. What's up with that? I I don't think they realized what like what they were gonna do, and then they saw like the sh- the the one on the show, and then they're like, "Oh, how can we fucking top that?" I mean, and Flash arguably looks the best out of all of them. At least he's red. At least you know he looks close to how he's yeah. supposed to. Like, well, I mean, they all look yeah, how they're so. supposed to. It's just little small things. I'm not gonna say any of the costumes are bad because they're not. They just there's nothing that pops about them. No, they're, they're all bland. C- Cyborg is perhaps the most interesting one because obviously, did you actually think you were gonna get bright steel and chrome? Of course not, black. Yeah, of course, uh, dusted black. Dusted black, and no, and no robot side of his face. Now he's just gonna look like Two Face. He's gonna have a red eye and a messed up face. Well, you can't hide the actor's face, even though the actor is an unknown. Yeah, can't can't hide that actor's face. They need they need money. They need it now. <laughs> Actually, that's way too funny because we were talking about Power Rangers earlier. Did you know originally there was a really shitty uh, when they were filming that first Power Rangers movie? There was originally like a couple takes there where they had their standard costumes, but the visors and mouthpieces were off the helmets because you had to see their faces because it's a movie. Yeah, I remember that. That's fucking weird. That's so weird that we almost got a movie with that. Imagine how weird that would have been if they did that. Yeah. And I mean, that's also why, you know, Andrew Garfield kept taking his damn Spider-Man mask off in the Spider-Man movie. Yeah. And speaking of Spider-Man, we got to see some Spider-Man costume shit today, too. Did you see that? I did. It looks pretty cool. Looks really cool. I mean, it's it's basically the costume we saw in the other movie with some slight variations. It looks closer to the, to the spectacular Spider-Man suit. Yeah, it looks really cool. It looks better than that one that's in that stupid video game. Yeah, oh yeah, with the ugly white. We can all agree that that's an ugly costume, which we're probably going to be able to change it. Yeah. I like uh, I like he has a little belt for his web fluid. Did you see that? I did. I thought that belt was really cool. Did, did he have that belt in Civil War? No, I don't think he did. Or if he did, we never saw it. Yeah, it looks really cool. I like, too, his web fluid is literally web fluid in little vials. I'm like, ooh, like the cartoon show. Yeah, that's pretty cool. It's just like that. I mean, it's bright. The interesting thing someone pointed out to me is that he doesn't 
have the green on the eyes like you would think they would for them to touch it up later. Yeah, well, like maybe, the, like obviously in these movies, they make hundreds of different costumes mm. for like different things. So, like maybe this is like one for like uh, when he's standing still or something or some certain shot, like a stunt shot or something. I guess. And Eddie could probably see through them anyway, and mm. they'll just like animate them later on. It's 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 almost shockingly bright. Like that is a primary blue and red that's just smacking you in the face, as it should be. Yeah, I I mean like Spider Man, that's his thing. He blinds his enemies with color and optimism. <laughs> <laughs> it's a it's funny too is that uh, in the picture because obviously these are freaking stolen pictures. These weren't like official or nothing. This is th- these are like five cameramen stacked up on each other taking pictures over the top. <laughs> of some big fence. It's funny, you can clearly see actor Tom Holland trying to like adjust his crotch a little bit. <laughs> in a very unflattering thing, and it almost looks like, oh, Spider-Man's got a little boner going on right now. Yeah, it kind of rides up in the crotch a little bit. <laughs> Just a little bit. It's a snug costume, you see. That's what they never tell you in superhero school. You, 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 you gotta tuck, you gotta learn the art of the tuck if you want to be a superhero. <laughs> <laughs> and it's funny too I was thinking I'm like you know maybe he's just really really excited to be Spider-Man I, I mean wouldn't you be <laughs> he gets so excited he popped a boner <laughs> look Tom seriously we, we gotta film this can you can you cool it with the boners there kid? no I'm sorry I'm, so, I'm sorry Mr. Director man I'm just I'm just so goddamn excited to join the Marvel Universe and if I play my cards right I can be Spider-Man for like the next eight to nine years <laughs> Look, but can you just cool it with the boners? No, I'm sorry, I tried everything. You know, cold showers, flicking myself in the testicles, nothing works. <laughs> I'd love that. Oh, cool! You got to call the number on the back of the on the back of the package. Then <laughs> I would love that to be a news story where it's like production halted on Spider-Man: Homecoming due to boner-related issues. <laughs> <laughs> Mass boners. We spent ten million dollars to digitally edit all those boners out, <laughs> and it was worth every cent. Damn it! <laughs> Kevin Feige has to come down to this. He's like, "What's the problem, Sony? What's going on? Too many boners." <laughs> ah, yes, yes, we have the same problem with Robert Downey Jr. I know, I know an old trick. <laughs> A Cuban missionary taught me this one <laughs> to kill the boners every time. <laughs> Uh, and that's the boner cast, everybody. We hope you enjoyed that. <laughs> Man, we are really earning our pay this week, Matt, as dick joke journalists, aren't we? It's news and dick jokes coming together. It is, and it's great. <laughs> it's great. Now we have to fight the urge to call this episode Spider Boner. <laughs> I, actually, I'm liking three name fame for an episode. I've already got that written down. Ah, see, this is why Matt. This is why Matt is the ideal co-host because he takes notes. But uh, <laughs> but we actually do have one last piece of news, and it's actually a fairly big comic related piece. Uh, Marvel now again, which they've been touting. Uh, we've seen some actual production work from it, and that is they're running with this whole thing called Divided We Fall. Yeah, I had no idea what this is. They they released a bunch of teaser images for it, didn't they? They sure did, and it was a bunch of seemingly unrelated characters like Black Panther juxtaposed with the Prowler, or like Miss Marvel juxtaposed with Riri, the girl who I'm almost certain will become the new War Machine. 
Mm -hmm. And it's difficult to see what they're trying to say here, but by far the most interesting piece, and the piece that no one seems to be running with, uh, one of the newest ones they released was Miles Morales, Spider-Man, juxtaposed with who is clearly Odinson Thor back again. Yeah, and that's going to be cool. And he's got a brand new, admittedly pretty cool costume. Yeah, it looks really cool. It kind of reminiscent of his ultimate one. Oh, God, yes. He's got the pauldrons on the front of his suit. His hair and his beard is shorter. Mm-hmm. He looks, he looks pretty slick. Also, he's got Jabberjorn, his axe, in one hand, and in the other hand, it's a little distorted. It's a little hard to see. I even talked to our mutual friend Mitch about this, but honestly, looks like he's holding something else in his other hand, and I can only assume that's the ultimate hammer in his other hand. I, I would assume so, yeah. So that means that new Thor, or well, old Thor, technically, Odinson, when he comes back, he's going to be dual-wielding now. He's a two-weapon fighter. He's got one in each hand. He, he got the dual-wield skill. He got the best perks. He picked the best, best ones when he leveled up. <laughs> he's like, oh, what's that, Jane Foster? You think you're a great Thor with your one hand? Well, guess what? I got an axe and a hammer. I'm twice <laughs> as good. <laughs> Uh, yeah, I can only assume when he comes back, we're going to have the same deal. We got, like, two Spider-Mans, two Captain Americas, two Hulks. We're probably going to have two Thors now. Yep. Which will be interesting. I wonder, will they spin Odinson off into his own book like they uh, spun Steve Rogers out into his own book? Or will he just hang out with Jane and they'll co-Thor the book? Maybe co-Thor. Hell, hell, call the book Thors. You already had a Secret Wars book called, you know, Thor. So just call the book Thors now. I say co call the book Cothors. Cothor. <laughs> Cothors. Coming this spring. It's a brand new book everyone's going to love. Actually, it's funny you should mention that because in the last issue of Thor, uh, which I put up on the channel not too long ago, they hit home two ideas that I thought are really interesting and really makes me believe that they're, we're going to be seeing this new Odin's and Thor sooner rather than later. One, they hit home the idea that Jane is still very much dying of cancer. Mm -hmm. is the thing, and she's been skipping her chemotherapy because she's been busy off being Thor. Well, it doesn't really matter if she does chemo, is does it? Because like, when she becomes Thor, doesn't it like revert back to just normal cancer? But, well, that's the thing. The Turning into Thor undoes all the good that her chemo yeah. is doing because it flushes her system of all the chemo drugs. The issue would be is that if she wants to live she would have to live as Thor 24-7. So one way or another, Jane Foster is going to die, whether that's a metaphorical death, wherein she just doesn't turn back into Jane Foster anymore, or in a literal death, and that is where Jane dies of cancer. Yeah. And I mean, I think for prolonging, I mean, if, I don't know if it was you, Matt, but if it was me, I'd be like, fuck it, Norse God 24-7. <laughs> yep. <laughs> Not going back now. But that's but that's the cool thing about the Thor book is they make a point of Jason Aaron saying, you know, no, Jane Foster's life is important too. And in yep. fact, it's even more important now because she's the one representing Earth in like the councils of Midgard and like the council of Earth. So she's like the one fighting for us right now. Mm-hmm. Which makes it really interesting. But yeah, they hit that idea home. They hit home the idea that Ross Solomon, that's like the eco-agent who Jason Aaron introduced mm -hmm. when the whole mystery of Thor, uh, of the Lady Thor was brought up. She is actually leading the S.H.I.E.L.D. task force to find Odinson Thor, and apparently she's making some progress now. Oh, okay. Yeah, which means we probably will see him sooner rather than later. But uh, beyond that, what do you think Divided We Fall could even mean? Because it seems to imply fighting, and all I can think is, like, are we really going to be doing more fighting so soon after Civil War Two? Well, in Ultimate Comics, there was a, a story called United We Stand, Divided We Fall. Mm. 
I can't remember what it was about. <laughs> <laughs> no, no, but you're right. I remember that story. Yeah. Shit. So maybe it's like the six one six version of that. Interesting. Interesting. Is Cap gonna become president? Oh jeez, that would be that would be funny if he did. Dude, seems like fucking everyone's running for president right now. That Loki book is most definitely in canon, so Loki's running for president, and they even mention that in the new Thor book. Well, if Cap got pres, if like Steve Rogers got president now, it'd be effectively like what would happen if Trump got president. Oh, since, but you know they're both Hydra and everything. So. Well, that's hilarious because like Red Skull is back now, and his deal is that he's reworked Hydra. It's like, oh no, we we're not mm-hmm. a terrorist agency anymore. We're a grassroots political movement, a la Make America Great Again. It's like Make America yep. Hydra again. <laughs> <laughs> and I'm like, Jesus Christ. And also too, uh. If you remember in Civil War II, uh, the president, President not Obama, because he's shown in shadows the whole time, but he's clearly supposed to be Obama, uh, he wanted Rhodey to run for president, remember? Because he said it's only a matter of time until one of you capes eventually becomes president. Yep. Which, shit, with all that foreshadowing, I guess maybe that is where we're going with this at some point. Mm Mm-hmm. Either Loki or one of the other heroes or someone, but yeah, I mean, wouldn't that be something? The Marvel Universe with President Superperson. That'd be weird and scary. But kind of Because that's basically what Injustice is, and Superman's just like a shit president. Well, (laughs) Superman took that shit by force. (laughs) He did. (laughs) Is the thing. I imagine they'd do something slightly different here and now. But yeah, I I like that idea. I know I wasn't reading much Ultimate Comics, but I thought that was a cool twist. The Captain America runs for president, becomes president thing. Yeah. I thought that was an interesting uh, an interesting notion where it's like, I mean, shit, if you have a character who is so representative of America and is basically a walking, talking flag man, where do you take him? Well, obviously he becomes commander-in-chief. Yep. <laughs> what do you think you would call him? Uh, it's like, hello there, President America, because America's, <laughs> cause, cause Captain is his first name and America is his last name. Well, that's the thing, like, he dr- he drop the captain and just become commander steve rogers commander america commander president commander america America. commander president america navy he just starts adding a bunch of shit to his name (laughs) king lord president captain america the third (laughs) man he'd be impeached so quick if he just kept adding shit to his name (laughs) (laughs) now he, he he could never be impeached because he's like, it's like, I want to impeach Captain President America. <laughs> he just throw the shield at him or something. <laughs> Any questions? No, didn't think so. Lock, lock him in the negative zone or something. Oh, jeez. Man, that'd be fun. <laughs> Speaking of Captain America, we actually get the follow-up of uh, Nick Spencer's uh, Captain America story the, uh, uh, tomorrow. Or, well, today, as people listen to this. I keep forgetting that I'm putting this up on yeah. Wednesday. But, yeah, we're going to get to see that today. And of course, because this is this is the internet, and no one can enjoy anything. The the twist has already been spoiled, for me at least. Oh, it hasn't been spoiled for me. Okay, I won't spoil it for you then. Let's let's just say it'll be satisfactory. Not only will it be satisfactory, but here's the thing: I've been going back and reading Sam Wilson Cap because I hadn't been reading it, but now because I'm so into what Nick Spencer is doing, I wanted to go back and see what came before. Nick Spencer totally foreshadowed it in the Sam Wilson book. Yeah. Oh God, yeah, he did. I read that issue last night. I'm like, oh my God, this is how they're gonna do it, isn't it? And then I read the twist because someone spoiled it for me, as they do. And I'm like, oh wow, that's actually what he did. That's clever. Awesome. 
Yeah, so that's that's that book. But we're not in the what we're going to read this week portion of the show. We're in a... Well, actually, no, yes, we are, because that was the last piece of news divided. <laughs> we what the fuck am I talking about? Joel is tired, everyone. Joel has had a hard week. <laughs> but, but he wanted to give you the show you love so much. So, shit, we basically talked about Thor. We basically talked about Cap. Uh, what did you read this week, Matt, that you would like to talk about? Um, all right, I've just got to remember which week it was, because I'm like behind with all my reviews yeah, i know right? um well i read um action comics 958 right this was the uh, second part of the doomsday storyline right the return of doomsday storyline where we get to see more cool shit with luthor there him actually saving people actually saving lives and again being very hard to read on whether or not he's a good guy or a bad guy yeah that's that's what i've been saying like we don't know what his long game is in this. He's always got a plan with something, and I don't know what he what he's planning on doing or, or and anything. But yeah, and also more Doc, uh, Mister Oz. Yeah, Mister Oz being creepy, kind of watching everything and kind of puppeteering shit from the other side. Yeah, I have no idea who this character is, eh? Nope, I think he's brand new. I think we're going to have to figure out where he's going with that shit. Yeah, well, I, w- I was talking with some people last night about it, and I think, like, because he knows so much about this uh, Clark and this Superman, I'm thinking maybe he's someone related to him that got through with them, like, from their universe. So maybe he's their Luther. Ooh, wouldn't that be some shit? He takes off the hood and, ha, 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 it was me all along, Luther. Well, well, that, well that's the thing, like, um... Uh, there, there's a picture of him. I think it might have just been like the way he was colored because he was in front of the screens, but his eyes were green, and I know Luther's eyes are green. Mm. So there's obviously not much to go on because like anyone's eyes can be green. My eyes are green. Am I Lex Luthor well, and I yes, didn't know yes. it? Oh, <laughs> shit. What a twist. <laughs> didn't see that coming. <laughs> actually, you know, that, would, that would actually be a really brilliant twist because, you know, this is supposedly a more good Luthor, a Luthor who has seen the error of his ways and wants to try and be a hero, even if he's something of a more self-obsessed hero. Wouldn't it be something to see this Luthor come face-to-face with the much more evil version of himself, the version that he was in the old previous continuity? That would be pretty cool. It'd kind of be like looking into a dark mirror, like, I am everything you could become in the worst way possible. That would be pretty cool, especially... And actually, now that I think of it, it actually makes so much sense because before Flashpoint, Luther actually found out who Superman was. That's right, he did. And because he became that fucking god and whatnot and god of the universe to whatnot. Right, but he couldn't use his powers to hurt anybody. No. So yeah, Luther's and, like, fuck this noise. What's the point of being god if I can't hurt people? <laughs> yeah, so maybe, hmm. They would explain a lot, wouldn't it? Yeah. Right now, Jeff Johns is either, like, crying because we figured it out or laughing maniacally because we're not even close. Yeah, ha, 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 ha. Man, the, super, the Superman books and the Superman family of books is just so great right now in so many places they could take, and I'm super excited for it. It's cool. I really like this issue as well because Dan Jurgens did, like, a classic Superman panel with him saving a train. Loved it. A runaway train. So, that, oh, amazing. This was a big Lex Luthor week in general because Lex Luthor had the last uh, mm-hmm. traditional issue of Justice League before that gets rebirthed. Yeah, that was a really cool issue. This was like a tie-in to Action Comics. I wish I wish I had read this one first, though. I think I would have appreciated yeah. that one if I had read it first. This is the story of him coming back from Apocalypse at the end of Dark Side War and, and taking up the cape. That cape he's been running around with is the cape that belonged to New 52 Superman. 
Yep. And yeah, he takes it from the Daily Planet. And yeah. Which he which he buys, which the comic kind of like glosses over them like, "Hey, why why did Perry sell him the paper so easily?" Yeah, yeah, Perry wouldn't do that. That seems incredibly against his character. In fact, there's been multiple stories where Perry's like, "You know, you you can have my paper, Luthor, when you suck it out of my dick." <laughs> And Luther's like, not this time, but next time. <laughs> Once I construct this kryptonite-powered dick-sucking machine, Perry, I will return. Yeah, and it, I, as you said, like it was a great issue for Perry as well because he got some really great stuff. And like I, as I said also before and like, earlier on, like it completely contrasts the Perry we saw in Batman vs Superman. Oh God, yes, it does. You know, a uh, uh, Perry who loved. Clark like a son especially in this universe because his parents were all dead at this point Mm -hmm. and you know he wanted to keep the cape as a symbol not just for the hero he was but the man and the journalist he knew he wanted to inspire everyone who worked at the Daily Planet it was a beautiful bit it was it was and uh, now you're a fucking nerd get the sports get the sports Kent Get them sports, boy. You get in there and you get them sports. <laughs> Man, would it be something if, you know, Perry, if he had like a split personality and he kept going back and forth like, you didn't know him like I did, Luthor. I loved him and respected him like a son, the fucking nerd. <laughs> <laughs> he didn't do them sports. <laughs> I put his dumb cape up here for everyone to be inspired of what a dumb idiot he was. I miss him so much. <laughs> <laughs> That's a new character we got to push. Mixed messages, Perry. <laughs> he just slams doors just like you're doing a great job <laughs> it's like is Perry okay <laughs> I, I don't know good uh, job Badger what I, what I really liked about this Justice League issue too just to get back on point there for a second it answered probably one of the most annoying hanging questions from Dark Side War and that is what the hell happened to Luthor's sister because she shoots him in issue one then we never see her again yeah she just like disappeared Apparently she got into a coma. Apparently when she touched the mother box, it caused her to freak the fuck out and go into a coma. Yeah, so she's just been bedridden for the last however many issues. What a what a comic booky answer where it's like, why coma? That's why. Yeah, I don't think they really knew what to do with her. Just coma. Just coma it up. Coma it up all around. It is kind of cool, though, that she's the reason Luthor came back to Earth. He's like, you know, look, I was king on Apocalypse. I could have done whatever the hell I wanted. I could have conquered Earth. I could have conquered multiple Earths. But I didn't want to because when I want because when my sister wakes up, I want her to see me as the hero she always thought I was. Yeah. That's a nice touch. And that and that's the bit that makes me actually believe that Luthor is serious about being a hero, even though, you know, there's like a 60-40 chance that I'm wrong. And he's like, no, 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 this was all part of a longer con. Yeah, yeah. That was good stuff. But what else did you have this week, Matt? Um, just looking through my list here. Oh, I had a uh, Detective Comics issue nine hundred thirty-five. Yeah, I had that too. Man, this is getting to be a really fun series. It is, it, and it, again, like it feels like the the old nine hundred issue mm-hmm, comics. Like mm-hmm. it just something about it. I don't know what it is. It's it's like putting on a warm glove, isn't it? Yeah, it's really cool. You know, we get to see more of this team that Batman and Batwoman have assembled. They get their own danger room, which is fueled by Clayface. That's such a like. I was so ready to rip on this. I'm like, that's dumb. Batman having a danger room. That's like, oh, but it's made with Clayface stuff. And I'm like, oh, okay. Well, that's clever. Yeah, I really like this issue for like what they've done with Clayface, uh, and I hope like he keeps like 
as a hero, like stays as a hero and maybe joins another team or something. Because it's, it's, it's he's clear pretty they cool. have plans for him. I, I like the fact that like when I broke into the comic, I'm like, you know, who, who the fuck is this guy in the background? Then I'm like, oh, that's Basil Carlo. Oh, they built him a device that lets yeah. him stay human for longer than a few minutes. Holy shit. Yeah, yeah. When I originally showed him, I'm like, who the hell is this guy? Did I miss something? No, or no, no. what? And it's kind of genius, yeah. too, because it's like, well, if Basil Carlo can keep shape as a human, then he's got no reason to commit crimes or anything, because that's all he ever wanted. Yeah. Jeez, Batman, why don't you do this for more of your villains? Just give them medical devices that keep them from being evil. <laughs> well, well, the thing is, like, I've never seen Clayface as a villain. No. I've just seen him as, like, just this guy who got, you know, this terrible, muddied-up DNA thing happened to him, and people just like sort of freak out when they see him because he's like this big monster mm. and like in the like in that first issue like how he went to go see one of his old movies and everyone just like freaked out called the cops and is true everything yeah he's, he's kind of misunderstood much much like mr freeze he's a tragic character but even more so than mr freeze like clayface can't go anywhere without technically committing a crime <laughs> yeah which which in a way it, it kind of makes him very much like frankenstein in a way and it's funny because what was Basil Carlo before he became Clayface? He was a monster movie actor. I mean, how Basil mm -hmm. Carlo is a reference to Boris Karloff for Christ's sake. So it's interesting. Yeah, I, that I almost mis like mispronounced his name to that during my review. It's, it's hard not to. It's like yeah, and then Boris Karloff. Oh shit, he is Boris Karloff. That's that's what he's meant to be, which makes you think, goddamn, how old a character is he that he's a reference yep. to, goddamn Boris Karloff. Uh, yeah. But yeah, that's that's a super cool issue. I I like the colony as villains. I like the idea for them this weird bat militia. Yeah, they really weird. I don't know who's running them. I think we sort of suggested that Batwoman's uh, father is running them. Running them, or is in some way tied to them because they keep pressing like, oh, you know, they're a military outfit. Ah, you know, military precision and everything. Yeah, yeah. So either that or someone he knows is running them. Yeah. Also, don't you love the fact that they're driving frickin' tumblers from the Dark Knight series? Yeah, yeah, and they wrecked Batman's cool new Batmobile. I know, I know, he's had that for like what? Like two to three an issues issue. tops? Yeah, he's had that for like an issue toss, and they wreck the awesome new Batman the Animated Series looking Batmobile. Yeah. <laughs> what fuckers? You know what is another thing I love about that book? I love the art in that one. They do an amazing job with the whole snow at nighttime thing. Yeah, it looks really cool. That gives Joel a big old art boner. Joel loves snow at night scenes. If, if you want Joel to love your comic instantly, just make sure all the scenes are at night in the snow. <laughs> like, hell, even, uh, what is it, Force Awakens? I'm like, dude, but did you see that snow at night fight scene they did? How great was that? <laughs> I don't know why that's a button of mine. I don't know why I love that so much, but I do. <laughs> uh, now, a book I read this week that maybe you didn't get a chance to, but it's that new Paul Dini book, Dark Knight, A True Batman Story. I didn't know. You gotta read this. This is this is easily front runner for best comic of the year for me. Oh, wow, really? Oh, yes. This is if, For those of you who don't know, this is an autobiographical comic. This is Paul Dini talking about one of the worst uh, instances in his life when he was mugged in L.A. and almost murdered, like left for dead, essentially. 
Oh, wow. Yeah, it's that serious, and it's kind of like his road to recovery, and his psyche is personified by different Batman characters. And what's cool about it is that, you know, if you're a fan of Batman the Animated Series, he definitely couches it in a place in time. Like, this this all happened to him while he was writing Batman Mask of the Phantasm. Oh, wow. And you get to see a bunch of the different uh, characters, some of who don't get named, but, you know, obviously, you know, this guy's Radomski, this guy's Bruce Tim, this guy's Alan Burnett. Uh, Dwayne McDuffie shows up in this in a really interesting bit for, like, a panel. Cool. Because it's like when he's going over his attack and everything and he's all beaten up and he's coming to the office and, you know, he's telling everyone the story because that's the thing. When something bad happens, you got to tell everyone in your work and you're just telling the same story all day. Eventually, when it gets to Dwayne McDuffie, you know what Dwayne McDuffie asks him? The guy, what? The guys who beat you up, were they black? <laughs> Which is pretty fucking heavy from Dwayne McDuffie. Obviously, if you've read any of his work, it all dealt around, you know, the inner city and crime and all the other yep. stuff. I mean, this is the guy <laughs> who was one of the minds behind Milestone. So it's quite a thing to have to answer that to a guy like him. And they make a point of showing that Dwayne McDuffie in real life, that dude was like eight foot tall and like 250 pounds. That guy was a giant, but like the sweetest guy ever. <laughs> <laughs> Man, this was a good week for Dwayne McDuffie across the board because, like, damage control was back in the comics, too, and people forget Dwayne McDuffie uh, invented damage control. Yeah, yeah. But, yeah, it's it's a great book. It's, it's super, super, like, eye-opening. Like, Paul Dini bears his entire soul for everyone. Like, he tells you stuff in this story that you never even knew about him, and I thought that I was a Paul Dini expert because I listened to all his interviews, I read all his stuff. He talks about how he'd been seeing psychiatrists since he was a little kid, which makes you think no wonder he wrote that Arkham Asylum dialogue so good. Mm-hmm. He talked about all of his terrible luck with women and all the awful, superficial L.A. relationships he was in. And I'm like, Jesus Christ, this is fucking heavy. Yeah. He t- he really hits home what good friends he was with Arlene Sorkin. Sorkin, of course, uh, for those of you who don't know, was the basis of Harley Quinn, perhaps Paul Dini's most endearing creation, and she was the woman who did the voice for the character originally. Yep. Yeah, it's like this is good. Like for those of you who haven't seen it, I say check it out. It is it's a true like work of art, and it's released under the Vertigo imprint. Not the DC imprint. So this is the first time, like, Batman, the Joker, Two-Face, and all these DC characters have been seen in, like, a Vertigo book. Wow, that's pretty cool. Yeah, man, it's it's cool. It's it's really, really cool. It's it's easily the front-runner for me for Comic of the Year. Cool. It's going to cool. be hard to beat. Uh, what else did you have? Uh, I had Wonder Woman issue one. Oh, yes, I read that one, too. It's pretty cool. It was cool. It's a, you, I, or maybe you're noticing this thing. It was definitely true for Wonder Woman and Aquaman this week, and that is for the first issue, they like in the first little bit without having a recap page, they basically get you up to speed on everything that's happened. Yeah, yeah. They pretty much tell you the whole story. What was cool about this Wonder Woman book is that they seem to be building up the supporting cast. Steve Trevor is back, who's gone full yeah. on American Sniper since last we saw him. Yep, he's got a beard, and he's fighting in the middle of... What was the country he was fighting in? I think it was Africa or something. Yeah, Rwanda or something. Or it's, something it's, like that. Some bad, war-torn area, USA, wherever. <laughs> it, it was a bad place with warlords, but, you know, it was one of those. What's funny about that is I'm like, man, are they going to explain how Steve Trevor fell so far from being, like, the Justice League liaison to the government to now being a boots-on-the-ground grunt. What the hell happened to him? 
<laughs> did he did he make a pass at his commanding officer or something? <laughs> the hell did they bust him down so hard? Did they just realize he sucked and they're like, you know what, Steve Trevor, get get out of here. <laughs> yeah, he ain't shit. Yeah, you ain't shit, son. You ain't no shit at all. Or is this one of those things that Wonder Woman, because her entire life has changed, is it because of that the people around her have changed too? Yeah, maybe. Now, I don't know if you appreciated this as much as I did, but Etta Candy was also a character in this. Yeah, yeah, she was, like, overseeing uh, Steve. Yeah, she yeah she seems to be his boss now, even though before when we saw Etta Candy in, like, uh, those Forever Evil times, Steve was her boss. <laughs> <laughs> so, shit, her, his friends are getting promoted above him now. Now, what was interesting about that is that the last time we saw Etta Candy, she was skinny. Even though she was mm-hmm. fat in the old 52, so much like Amanda Waller, they let Etta Candy be fat again. Yeah. They let her be fat, but they, uh, but they kept the race change, which honestly I'm fine with because there's nothing about Etta Candy that is inherently white. I'm fine with them no. changing that around. It's just kind of funny where it's like DC Rebirth, what comes back? Everyone who was fat gets to be fat again. <laughs> <laughs> Although we haven't seen Detective Bullock yet. Wouldn't it be something if we see Detective Bullock and he's like totally ripped and handsome now? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he's like jacked Commissioner Gordon. <laughs> yeah, that's, yeah, that's what it's got to be. <laughs> Yeah, I got off the booze. Yeah, I stopped drinking. I started working out. I've been eating energy bars all day. Look, I started hitting tires with hammers. <laughs> Look how big and strong I am. This is Harvey Bullock 2.0. <laughs> well, I, I know in like the Earth One books, wasn't Harvey Bullock was like an actor doing like a show on cops. But the longer yeah. he stayed with Gordon, the shittier he got until like volume two. He was the shitty Harvey Bullock we all knew. Yeah. And when I say shitty, I mean that as a term of endearment. I love how shitty Harvey Bullock is. <laughs> He's just drunk and smelly and slovenly. He's the best. Sometimes in comics, when you're trying to describe stuff you like, it sounds like you don't like them, but you actually do. Bullock is one yeah. of those instances. <laughs> I, I love what a disgusting piece of shit Harvey Bullock is. He's my favorite. He's the best. <laughs> Uh, uh, what what else did you have going on there? Because uh, because I imagine we're at the point now where we're reading where we're reading a lot of the same books. Yeah. Um. I had. Oh, this was a book from not the week just gone. The week before, I had Han Solo issue one. Mm, I actually got a chance to read that too. That was fun. That's a Han story. It's pretty cool. It's, it's pretty cool. It's the most fucking Han story that's ever Han. Where it's like, look, you got to go on a secret mission for the rebels, but you also got to be the greatest smuggler pilot that ever has been, and try not to get killed in a space death race. Yeah, that looks like it's going to be a lot of fun. It's like wacky races, but with Han in space. <laughs> this is what what it needs to be. That's what wacky Raceland should have been. Just Han Solo racing across. <laughs> A tundra. <laughs> I, I I actually checked out the first issue of that uh, Wacky Race Land. Did I tell you about that? I think it did, yeah. Great redesigns, but not fun to read. Yeah. Great book to look at. Friggin' snidely whiplash looks like Jack Sparrow now. <laughs> he got really sexy in the last little bit. What's up with that? <laughs> stupid sexy snidely. <laughs> stupid sexy snidely whiplash. And oh man, don't even get me started on Penelope Pitstop, who was always a good like design of a character. Now she's like this pink latex wearing Mad Max woman, and I'm like, oh my. 
<laughs> this is this is giving me the Spider-Man boners now. <laughs> that shouldn't be. <laughs> and you know the artist is like, bet you never thought you could get erections thinking about wacky races. Well, now you can. <laughs> Anything is possible. Or how the Ant Hill mob is literally like a bunch of robot mobsters now in like an old roadster. <laughs> awesome. That's funny. That's funny stuff. Great design work for Wacky Raceland, even though I don't love the comic. Uh, yeah, there was a Civil War tie in this week, Choosing Sides. I'm guessing you didn't read that. I, I still haven't read Civil War issue two. <laughs> well, Choosing Sides, you really don't have to read. It's more superfluous tie-in material. But there were some interesting stories. We see Nick Fury Jr. faking his death because that's just a Fury thing to do, fake your death. Yes, when you become of age, you must fake your death. <laughs> <laughs> must be a day that ends in Y time to fake my death. <laughs> that was probably the most interesting story. There's a really go-nowhere piece about Night Thrasher where it's like, hey, everybody, Night Thrasher got a new design and a new hat. Look at him. Isn't he cool? Okay, now forget about him. His skateboard isn't just a skateboard, and now it's a transforming skateboard. It's like, you're still lame, Night Thrasher. I still don't care. <laughs> and then there was a damage uh, damage control story, which basically reads like, hey, we're getting a movie soon, guys. Or we're getting a TV show, I should say. So be, <laughs> so be sure to know about us and our TV show that's coming soon. But yeah, that was, that was choosing sides. The irony being, no one in that book actually chose any sides in the Civil War. <laughs> <laughs> so it's a lie too <laughs> so it's just it's, so it's just catch up with these guys issue <laughs> civil war choosing nothing issue one <laughs> civil war two we don't know number one <laughs> civil war two please give us money number one uh, uh but what else did you have going on uh i read flash issue flash? one i also read flash it's pretty cool. I liked it. I thought it was cool. It definitely continues to be an awesome jumping on point. Although it did irk me in one particular way that comics like this irk me. So they go back to the night that, like, you know, the Flash was created, that Barry Allen got uh, dosed by lightning. And he's like, hey, here's my best friend I never told you about, Detective August Hart, who was always here. Hello, Detective August Hart. Yeah, he was just outside of camera frame. <laughs> will, will you be important later, Detective August Hart? I wonder if Detective August Hart will be important later. I think Detective August Hart will be important. In fact, I'm looking at you right now, Detective August Hart, and I'm like 90% sure that you're probably going to be the new villain Godspeed, so there you go. Yeah, and oh, look at that. You get hit by lightning at the end. Yep, yep, what are the odds of that? It's a fun issue. I, I'm talking more shit than, you know, it, it's fun, it's very Flash, and yet at the same time, too, I'm just kind of like, I hate it when they do that, I hate it when it's like, oh, hey, here's a character you didn't know that was here all along, but who was actually here all along. Yeah, it, it's a very comic booky thing. It is, like, at least when they do shit like, uh, I'll tell you what it made me think of. It made me think of Tommy Elliot in Batman Hush. Yep. Yeah, but, yeah, yeah, yeah. But at least in that, they could say, yeah, well, they were friends when they were little, little kids, and he completely stopped talking to him after his parents were dead. At least you could go that route with it and be like, yeah, yeah, that makes sense. Bruce Wayne probably didn't keep in touch with all of his, you know, old friends. But here, it's like, Barry Allen seems like the sort of person who would stay in touch with people. 
Yeah, and it's not as though it was something that happened in his childhood either. It happened, you know, a couple of years ago. Yeah, when he was an adult, when he got his superpowers, you think he would say something. Uh, we also got to see Iris and more of Wally. And it's funny, as I sit here and reading this book, it's like, man, before New Wally, a lot of my feelings for you were tied up in how much I missed, like, old redheaded Wally. It kind of feels like I'm meeting you for the first time now that I know you're a completely different character. Yeah. It's also kind of freeing because it means I can start to judge you on your own qualities. And now that I am judging you on your own qualities, you're still kind of a dick. <laughs> I mean, maybe you'll get better. I warmed up to TV show Wally, but at the same time, you're still kind of a dick Wally, too. Yeah. So, yeah, that's that was the Flash book. It's fun. I'm going to keep reading it. Yeah, I am as well. I haven't read any of the new 52 Flash, but it doesn't look like I really need to. No, no, this is the freshest of fresh starts. Was Green Lanterns this week, too? That was last weekend. I did read it, but I'm having trouble remembering. I, I, I do remember it being actually pretty brutal. It was brutal, um, yeah. Yeah, they, they like investigate like some cabin or something, and there's like a bunch of dead aliens or something in yeah, it. Yeah, like some weird backwoods peckerwood who's been given rage powers has been going around killing aliens. Yeah, and then they get attacked at the end when Jessica is out shopping with her sister or something. Mm -hmm. On Black Friday, everyone gets rage powers. <laughs> yeah, it's this idea like Atrocitus is back in control of the Red Lantern Corps, and he's talking about, you know, the Red Dawn, the Red Dawn is upon us. And I'm like, oh no, that movie? Are, are yeah, the... oh, Wolverines! <laughs> yeah, Wolverines, is that what's going to happen? Are they all just going to come over the ridge? <laughs> Man, more plans should be named after movies. The Titanic is upon us. <laughs> Deuce Bigelow, European Gigolo is upon us. It, the break into Electric Boogaloo is upon us. <laughs> <laughs> you could just insert any movie. It's great. It's perfect. You can do this forever. <laughs> uh, anything else of note? I, I read some small stuff. Uh, I had Mighty Morphin Power Rangers number four this week. That was cool. This is like the big head of this storyline. I guess you haven't been reading the Power Rangers comic, have you, Matt? No, I haven't. But like from what you were saying about that, um, the Pink Ranger one-off, mm -hmm. uh, I think I should. It's it's pr it's friggin' cool. They're all cool. What I like about this one is that uh, uh, Kyle Higgins, because this is like the first like big Zord battle issue that takes up the majority of the comic, and he does mm -hmm. something rather interesting with it. He's like, you know what, let's, let's actually see the individual Zords before they get combined together fight and see what they can do. That's pretty cool. Yeah, because they did that a little in the show, but they never did it all the time because obviously most of the footage they had was of the Zords combined together. And the feeling that he kind of gets is that, you know, the Zords, when they're when they're mini, when they're separate, actually have, like, you know, skills and abilities that are useful on their own. Like, the Triceratops can fire chains that can, like, hold stuff in place. And, you know, the uh, Tiger Zord can jump really high and really far. And I'm like, oh, this is cool. Yeah, they, and it sort of makes sense as well. Like, they wouldn't just be, like, some type of robot that's just meant to go together. Yeah, because how useless would that be? It's like, here's a bunch yeah. of mini robots that are only good together. <laughs> yeah, oh no, the leg got destroyed. Oh, well, we can't build a Zord. <laughs> also, Rita does one amazing thing in this issue where it's like, why don't you do this all the time? She sees that, like, her monster is losing and that her plan is about to fail. So what does she do? She's like, Finster, fire me up five shark... Oh, excuse me. Fire me up, sh like, five shark monsters, which he does. And then she gives them life, makes them big, and sends them to Earth all in one go. <laughs> and I'm like, yeah, that, I, I, I often said said that as well. I was like, why didn't she just send like twenty monsters and make, and make them, them all, all big? 
Yeah. It's it's like Pacific Rim, and then they can just bulldoze the entire Earth, and then you win. Yeah. That's that's how you can tell, like, a Power Rangers series where they thought about it with one where they didn't think about it, because, like, in Time Force and other stuff where they're like, oh, well, it takes a lot of energy to make one, or, you know, well, we can only have one monster at it one time because I don't want these monsters getting ideas and thinking they can overthrow me. Yeah. Well, I remember they... What was that most recent one where they, like, all teamed up with, like, all the different rangers? What was that series? They had, like, pirate ships and stuff. Oh, yeah. Um, uh, it was the series just before the pirate ship one. Oh, just before? We, with the same people. Remember how they oh, had, Megaforce. like, two seasons? Yeah, yeah, that one. They, they sort of did that with Megaforce, didn't they? They, like, um had, like, that army come in, and it was, like, all those, like, spaceships. And oh, yeah, yeah. They, they had a whole goddamn armada, yeah. Yeah. It's like, why don't you just shoot Earth all at once with your giant armada? <laughs> Too much CGI. <laughs> uh, can't do that. Too much. Well, I was I was gonna get really nerdy there. I was gonna say in the in the Japanese version, like in episode one of the Japanese version of that show, the Rangers take their Zords and fuck up like half of the armada, so they can't do that. Meanwhile, <laughs> in like the actual show, Megaforce, they wait. They, like, wait a long time to, like, the final episode or, like, near the final episode so they can use that piece of footage. Yeah. Isn't that weird? It, it, it is weird, and I don't know why they did it like that, but whatever. <laughs> yeah, whatever. I was Still watching. was awesome. <laughs> I was watching at that time. Uh, some other cool stuff that happened this week. Ooh, Miss Marvel number eight. That was a tie-in to Civil War. Yeah. What was cool about this is that uh, Ca- uh, Carol Danvers, Captain Marvel, basically summons Kamal and says, Hey, look, you know all this Ulysses future scene stuff's pretty cool, right? Here's the thing, though. I'm too busy dealing with big important Alpha Flight stuff to deal with it. So here's an entire legal team. How about you go back down to Earth and, like, arrest street criminals using this future vision and see how that works out for you? <laughs> so is this... Does this take place before that Spider-Man issue? Because that's what they were doing in the Spider-Man issue, weren't they? It's it's hard to tell. What well, Ulysses doesn't show up in this. She's getting information from Ulysses, but Ulysses doesn't actually show up. Oh, okay. So he's off doing other stuff. This is literally like a nitty-gritty, let's test the legality of arresting people before they actually commit crimes. And Kamala, interestingly enough, being a Pakistani-American, has quite a different take on it than Carol Danvers does. And Kamala yep. basically says, hey, arresting people for crimes that they're thinking about this, do- they're just thinking about doing, this feels a lot like profiling to me, and I should know about profiling. <laughs> and Carol's like, don't think about it that way. <laughs> <laughs> I have a fancy space station. Is it my space station fancy? <laughs> yeah, yeah. We're the ultimates. <laughs> yeah, and then by the end, uh, Kamala has to come face to face with what Iron Man was saying, and that is, oh, sure, it's easy to arrest, uh, you know, bad guys and supervillains for crimes they didn't commit because, you know, they have a history of recidivism and whatever. But what happens mm-hmm. when it's one of your friends? who they yeah. see the vision of, and that's what happens here. Kamala gets told that her school is going to get exploded by somebody, and she tracks down the culprit, and it turns out to not only be someone she knows, but someone she knows from, uh, from like, her science club team. Oh, okay. And he's not a bad guy. He's, he's a bad scientist, which leads her to believe, oh, well, maybe he blew it all up by accident is the thing, because he's kind of uh. a dumbass. And then it's like, well, what do you do then even? Do you uh, stop someone from an accident they might make? Yeah, that's actually pretty cool. Yeah, it gives you a lot of ideas to think about. And G. Willow Wilson is even smart enough, too, because the beginning of this book 
is actually juxtaposed with like a flashback to like an actual civil war that uh, Kamala's like ancestors, like her grandparents or great grandparents were involved in. Oh, okay. And she's trying to serve this idea where it's like, you know, wars like this have been going on forever and will continue to go on forever for all these reasons. Cool. Yeah, it's it's a very smart uh, little tie-in issue. I, I hope the rest of them can be this smart. Cool, cool. Oh. Um, what did I have? Um, I had Injustice. I had a couple of issues of Injustice, and we were talking about The Flash earlier, and, like, this is, like, his arc now. Oh, is it now? And, um... Yeah, yeah, because like he shows up when Batman is going to kill Superman and sort of stops the whole thing, and he sort of tell he's he's like the the sort of neutral, but he's he's on Superman's side, but he's starting to sort of see like that he Superman's kind of gone over the edge and everything, mm-hmm. so he's sort of trying to be the middleman, and um, because of it, Superman sends King Shark and I don't know who the other guy was. He was like made of metal. I'm not sure. I think it was just miscellaneous guy number five or something. Could have been Robot Man from the Doom Patrol. <laughs> I don't think it was Robot Man. Damn it, it was a villain. It was a it was a villain. Um, it's never Robot they send, Man. They send both of them after Iris and like Flash's family and everything. Oh, it was probably like, Girder. If it was Flash, he was dealing with, then it was probably Girder. Yeah, it might have been Girder. I can't remember. Um, but yeah, she, he sends them after Iris and uh, all his family and everything to like round them up and send them to jail for what Flash did. Oh wow! And and Flash accidentally kills King Shark and yeah, Oops. it's it's pretty cool. Yeah, sounds. Uh... And um, uh, on top of all this, uh, Batman has been asking Flash to go back in time and stop <laughs> all of this from happening. <laughs> wow, man, he must be desperate at that point. He is, and and admittedly, he hasn't had a chance to actually talk to Flash for a no, while. No, I suppose not. So, like, he's managed to finally get him, and it was actually a really cool moment, because it was like, it wasn't Batman talking, it was Bruce talking. Hmm. Sort of saying, hey, go back in time and stop all this sh- terrible shit from happening. Please, pretty please, with sugar on top, I'll be your best friend. <laughs> and Flash is considering it. Yeah, I mean, obviously we know that's not what happened, but it is an interesting uh, avenue to take. Yeah. Uh, oh, a book I didn't review, and I didn't mean to review, but I was had a long car trip this week, so I picked it up and read it anyway. Uh, the Totally Awesome Hulk, tie into Civil War, which is actually an entire backup story focusing on Bruce Banner after he lost his Hulk powers. Oh, okay, so, like, what happened? <laughs> okay, so, well, w- we had seen it earlier on in The Totally Awesome Hulk, and it's confirmed here. Uh, the Hulk absorbed a bunch of radiation from, like, an experimental uh, reactor in Kenya. Yep. And he was going to go nuclear, he was going to explode, kill himself, and possibly kill everyone else. Uh, all the brightest minds in the Marvel Universe had come to try and help him out. Black Panther, <laughs> Iron Man, uh, Blue Marvel, everyone was trying to help him out. They couldn't, and with no options left, Tony was like, well, shit, we gotta shoot him in the negative zone, though. That's what he would want, you know, at least he can't hurt nobody there. Then Amadeus Cho showed up and said, hey, I'm his friend, let me try and talk to him. Which he did, and somehow, some way, getting near him... The Hulkness went from Banner into Cho, and then everything was fine. But the only problem was Bruce woke up in the middle of nowhere because they had lost him in the whole exchange. And uh, he gets into a bar fight, and he's like, oh, wow, I'm not changing. I, I, I The Hulk is really gone. I'm actually, this is the first time ever I've been completely and utterly cured of the Hulk. He's not in me anymore. 
So he's happy he's getting the shit beat out of him. Yes, he's happy he's getting the shit beat out of him. And then the rest of the issue is him taking a bunch of really violent chances. Like, you know, he drives his car super fast because, you know, he's like, oh, I'm not used to feeling adrenaline because I used to have to keep this shit down in fear <laughs> of becoming the Hulk. He goes to Vegas and starts betting a bunch of money and he basically just starts living like a daredevil to the point where Iron Man has to show up and says, hey, Bruce, we're all a little worried about you. It seems like you're trying to kill yourself. <laughs> <laughs> it's like no man I just want to feel the rush I want to feel the rush that's what it becomes down to and then once that goes away Bruce you know goes back into classic Bruce mode of, you know I feel guilty you know this is way too easy that this is all just gone for me you know where's where's my punishment for all the bad stuff that Hulk ever did and furthermore Iron Man shut up and stop pretending you're my friend after all this time you you know you carted me off to space when you thought I was too dangerous you were going to throw me in the negative zone when you thought I was too dangerous stop pretending like you're my friend and I'm <laughs> like geez he's, he's kind of got a solid point there and Tony takes this in a very interesting direction where he's like you know what Bruce you're right I'm sorry he then gets out of his armor and says hit me you get one free one <laughs> he doesn't he ends up crying and he ends up like helping him out and everything but I mean it was an interesting story. I mean, I'm not going to say I loved it or anything, but it was fun to see what Bruce Banner would do when he's completely and utterly cured of the Hulk. That's cool. Although, how That's cured cool. of the Hulk for how long he's going to be, we're not sure because we've seen the solicitations for Civil War 3 and it looks like the Banner Hulk is back, so what the fuck do I know? Well, he's got to be back because, like, Thor Ragnarok just started production here, so... We got a movie, son. Which, I mean, I guess, as we have multiples of every character now, we'll have the totally awesome Hulk, and then maybe we'll have Bruce Banner the Hulk be a book. Hulks. Hulks. Pro-Hulks. Co-Hulks. Uh, you know, that's funny, too, because, you know, he talks to Amadeus Cho, and he gets he actually gets a little jealous of Cho, because Cho has his Hulkness completely under control. He doesn't lose his mind like Banner did. Yeah. Well, yeah, and I guess that's also, like, sort of like a little thing for Banner, whereas Banner had, like, his, his normal life in control. He doesn't have... You know, when he actually has power and is able to do all this amazing stuff, none of that is in control. Yeah, it's it's a it's a nice little flip of the script and everything. And you know, I I hope he hangs out more. You know, if someone told me that, oh yeah, Bruce Banner is going to be a supporting character in the Totally Awesome Hulk book now, I might be willing to pick Totally Awesome Hulk up again. Yeah, yeah. Well, he could like because he's had the Hulk for so long, he could pr- maybe tell show a little bit about the Hulk and like mm. what they can do and his extent of the powers and everything and yeah because I dropped it not because of any quality issues or anything I just dropped it because it seemed like a like a step down in like drama and scope from what Duggan was doing right like it was a smaller more personal Hulk which is fine if that's what you wanted but I mean that's coming off like some really epic Duggan stories yeah that really made me give a crap uh I guess that's about it for me. Is that about it for you? I think so. Did you end up? Did you read um, Star Wars issue twenty? Uh, no, I'm so far behind on Star Wars. I got to read Han because I was on the road, but I never got a chance to read any of the other ones. Just read it. It's another um, Obi Wan issue. Sweet. Like one of the journal issues. Oh, it's so good. Those are versus good. that massive, massive Wookiee we've been seeing in Darth Vader. Oh, nice, nice. That's a cool idea. Yeah. How they continue to weave Obi Wan stories throughout this. Yeah, yeah. I think it's like every five or six issues we get an Obi Wan story, and I think that's really cool. And I just want him to get an ongoing. Yeah. Like, give him an ongoing called The Journals of Obi-Wan or something. Well, they probably don't want to use up all that material is the thing, because I'm sure they have a very rigid time frame of, like, look, you can do stories between here and here. 
Yeah, that's true. That's true. And they don't want to blow their wad on that too soon when they can just, you know, make them really fun, uh, kind of like one-and-dones for the main Star Wars book. I like it because that was always an issue of mine, and I'm sure it was an issue for you too. So it's like, you know, Obi-Wan, greatest of the Jedi Knights, just sits alone in a shack for 20 years <laughs> waiting for Luke <laughs> to come of age. That's like something that's kind of brought up in this issue where he, what he does is like during the days when he's, sort of looking over Luke, he just like walks with the Banthers. Oh no. And then he's like he's like friends with all the Banthers. They all have names and everything. (laughs) My Bantha (laughs) friends, I call them by name. I'm not going crazy. You're going crazy. And when he has to save Owen from this Wookiee, he's like, oh my knees. Oh my back. Like I haven't used the force in a while. (laughs) (laughs) Oh God, being old sucks. Yeah, this is basically what he says. And Yoda's like, bitch shut up, I'm (laughs) seven hundred. I'm older than all of you. Uh, that sounds fun. Was uh, was that it then? Was that everything? Uh, so did we talk about Aquaman? Aquaman? No, no, we didn't talk about Aquaman. Aquaman was fun, but much like Wonder Woman, there's not a hell of a lot to go on. It felt it was good, but it was ultimately thin. This was yet another getting you up to speed issue. It was, and just like it's like here's Black Manta back again, and he stabbing people and blowing stuff up stabbing the shit out of everyone i do i do admit i like uh what black manta's plan is because it's very simple and it's something i don't think anyone's really tried before and he's like no i'm, I'm gonna out you to the press aquaman i'm going to tell everyone that you you killed my father yeah yeah it's uh, i i kind of expect it from like dan abner especially after like hercules and everything yeah yeah, you, yeah so. you, you killed my father. I'm going to reveal this to the world, which I'm pretty sure most other people don't know. Like, I think he told Mara at one point, but I'm sure the Justice League doesn't know. I'm sure everyone else doesn't know that uh, that he killed a dude, that he killed the wrong dude even. Yeah, yeah. So that's going to be pretty interesting. And trying to open an embassy and everything, that'll fuck up some shit for yeah. him. If that ever gets out, that's actually like a yep. real personal thing. And I'm sure Aquaman has to deal with the idea, should I just, you know, am I going to let Black Mantle lord this over me forever? Or should I come clean to the world and, you know, see what happens? Yeah, I think he's going to come clean. He really has no choice. I mean, that's... Or somehow, like, maybe even, like, Mera ends up killing Black Manta and Ooh. something they both have to, like, hide. Yeah, wouldn't that be some shit? You know, give, give him some secrets. Yeah. Wonder, too, because uh, Black Manta's the villain now. I wonder how long it's going to be before we see Jackson Hyde, who is, of course, Black Manta's son and an Aqualad and also, like, you know, b- basically the in-universe version of Calderam Aqualad. Yeah. Yeah. I, well, he was, in, um, was he, in, he was in DC Rebirth, wasn't he? Yes, he was, which means they'll have yeah. to use him at some point in some capacity, if not in this book, yeah. in somewhere. Yeah, he'll be he'll be coming up somewhere, I imagine. It would be interesting. Wouldn't that be some shit? You're right. If Black Manta dies, Jackson Hyde shows and is like, you killed my father and you killed my grandfather. Yeah, yeah. You, you killed my dad. I didn't even know Aquaman. What the fuck? And Aquaman's like, I will raise you, Jackson Hyde. Come live under the waves with me. There's nothing weird about it. Mara will be your hot stepmom. It's fine. It's fine. <laughs> Well, actually, you know, that would that would be a cool story about responsibility too, where he's like, "Look, I'm going to make it up to this family. I'm I'm actually going to raise Jackson Hyde as if he were my own son." Yeah, I, I could see that. That'd actually be really cool. That's a, that's a hell and then of a- maybe late, little later on, he finds out that like Black Manta and all that was killed by Aquaman, and he's 
kind of goes against him and everything. That'd be a hell of a story, and it would fit with the whole King Arthur type vibe that they have going on. Because, you know, in the Middle Ages, you could just do that. You could just adopt the children of people you killed. I've seen Game of Thrones. It's very easy. <laughs> you, will, you will be my ward. I will take you to Waterfeld, and it's fine. <laughs> Waterfeld. It's like Winterfell, but under the water. <laughs> Uh, and with that, I guess we can talk about the comics everyone can expect today from you and me. Uh, Dark Knight Master Race number five is out. Yep, and that's it, guys. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it, it's a light week this week. Ever, I, I can't even believe that Master Race is still going on. It's only at issue five of eight. I know, and and of course, and they and they didn't even keep Superman dead. He's apparently coming back because he can break out of black holes. <laughs> Death cannot hold Superman. Uh, we also got Grayson Annual number three. I know Grayson's been over for a bit, but apparently this is an annual. This is kind of like the last words on the series. In in a way, I almost don't even want to read this because it's not Tim Seeley, and I wish Tim Seeley could get to wrap this up his way, but he can't. Yeah. Well, is it going to, like, is this going to, like, transition into Nightwing? Possibly. Like, is that... Yeah. I mean, at the, maybe you have to read it. <laughs> I mean, at the end of the main Grayson book, he had the Nightwing shirt on under his costume, so I don't know. Oh, okay then. <laughs> I mean, that's already as transitioned as I as I care to know about. Uh, Titans Annual. Who the fuck's reading that? I know I'm not. Yep. <laughs> Wait, waiting for the new one. I don't give a shit. I don't give a shit. I don't give a fuck. I might give a shit, but I don't give a fuck. Uh, over at Marvel, you got your all new, all different Avengers. Uh, you got your Black Panther number three, Captain America, Steve Rogers number two. There's the big one. There's the one that everyone's yep. going to be talking about. And and I get the feeling after like the big controversy and blow up and everything, this is this one's going to calm down a hell of a lot after people actually get a chance to read it. It'll either calm people down or make them more angry. Mm. Either way, either way, there's going to be some guy on Twitter tomorrow morning complaining about how. Trump is responsible or something. <laughs> Man, I wish. <laughs> yeah, that would be interesting. Actually, I wish this book kept its whole controversy thing going a little longer because I think my Captain America Steve Rogers review is one of the most popular single issues I've ever <laughs> talked about. Man, I wish they could make him a Hydra sympathizer every week. <laughs> just just to like, you just trigger everyone by making him always say, Hail Hydra. Making him say something horrible every week where he's like, I eat yeah, puppies. Burn the orphanage. <laughs> burn the orphanage. Yeah, I eat puppies. I eat puppies. Chocolate chip cookies aren't even very good. Yeah, he pours the chocolate milk down the sink. and <laughs> I, 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 uh, Zune is better than iPod. Just shit like that. <laughs> just make him say like horrible contradictory trolling shit captain troll america is what he would be <laughs> just trolling the shit out of everyone with horrible stuff uh captain marvel number six i'm not reading captain marvel but i might look in this one's general direction because it is a civil war tie-in yep so you would think she would be doing something interesting you got vader number 22 Awesome. That book's like three away from finishing. Really? And then it's... Man, I cannot believe that they're actually going to be ending a Darth Vader book. I know. It's it's really weird, but I'm, I guess the Han Solo one's going to take its place. That's cool. I like that. Extraordinary X-Men number 11, the continuation of the apocalypse. Sorry, I, I dozed off from boredom there for a second. <laughs> thinking about that book. You know what the saddest thing is? Uh, I got a bunch of X-Men shirts this week because I didn't own any X-Men shirts and I wanted to wear something in my little video inserts for X-Men. Man. Yeah. So I just got these shirts and X-Men. 
That's a thing. Uh, what else we got going on here? Spider Gwen annual. I've fallen off Spider Gwen. I'm sure it's still fine. But I've stopped reading it. Uh, you got your Uncanny X-Men number nine. Oh, so you got a couple X-Men books. Your Uncanny Inhumans number 11. Your Unbeatable Squirrel Girl. Your Timely Comics. Your Star Lords. Your Star Brand and Night Mask, which we were talking about. And that's about it. It's a light, light week. Yeah, there's, like, there's no new D- DC books apart from those annuals. Yep, that's about it. Yep. Holy, no. They skip like a week for a rebirth or something. Uh, I, I think because this is like the fifth week in a while for new comics of like a thing because the the, the way uh the way july falls it, we're basically getting the scraps now and probably the next week will be overstuffed oh god <laughs> yeah i know right uh, honestly as you and i were talking about before we started this it's nice every so often to get some time off it you is know. It well, is. I, mean, I mean not even time off just time to do other stuff i'm probably going to do another cape kitchen this week for July 4th, because that's coming up, I can finally make my damn Captain America waffles that I keep talking about, <laughs> but never actually making can do that. Um, uh, there's another series I've been thinking about doing forever now. I'll let people see it when it comes out, but it's a, it, it's like an educational series that I yeah. know people would be interested in. So I'm going to be doing that, and uh, pff, that's about it, honestly. I hope cool. I, I hope I have enough content to go all week. <laughs> <laughs> I really do. Uh, what do you got planned over on your channel for this week, Matt? Uh, I'm probably going to catch up on a couple of reviews I missed out on over the last week. Um, I know me and Tom are looking at doing something to do with the Ultimate Edition of Batman vs Superman, <laughs> which is um, funny because we said we were going to do one, and then I'm like, oh man, can I force Matt to go through that twice? <laughs> I, I don't mind it. I'll have enough rage for two. For two. For two. For two, man. I got enough. Got enough rage in the tank. Got enough piss and vinegar. Because <laughs> I know people have been asking us forever, hey, Joel and Matt, are we going to get, you know, like comic multiverse commentaries? And I'm like, yeah, probably. And we figured it was only right to do this one first. Yep. <laughs> Get it out of the way. Get it get, get it out of the way. The thing is, is that we might need to pick some time for it. And, you know, again, if we got time off during the week, might just do it for the hell of it and just put it up. So, I mean, don't be surprised if that just – I'm not promising, but don't be surprised if Joel is hard up for content. Maybe like a Sunday or Monday that shit just shows up. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so, I guess with that, man, from doing the show late to talking for like an hour and 35 minutes – yeah, makes up for last week for me not being there. Yeah, we it's a good, strong show. Good, strong show. Nice and meaty. Lots of stuff going on. As uh, always, as I wind the show down, I want to thank you all for listening. Uh, if you haven't already, be sure to like, subscribe, favorite. Be sure to check Matt out over at Fortress of Solitude. Be sure to help him out there. Thank you to all the patrons who made this show possible. Usually you would get to hear this show first if we did it on time. I promise that will go back next week. Yeah. When I'm not playing the catch-up <laughs> game like I am. Uh, if you want to download yourself an MP3 of the show, be sure to check out Podbean. We make no money from Podbean, but we like to have it up there for fans. And again, thanks to the patrons for more or less footing the bill on that one. We actually got yep. some new patrons. We're up to 15 right now. So thank you to whoever the new people are. Usually I have a thing in front of me here, but I don't this week. You know who you are. You done good. Thumbs up. Good on you. <laughs> G- good on you, Mike. And uh, I guess from me and Matt, that'll do it for another episode of the Comic Multiverse. Yeah, thanks for joining us. Yeah, bye-bye.